Welcome to Lodging On Demand. In this special Tech Talk episode, Dennis Nessler is joined by Cass Dawson, VP of Brand Strategy and Marketing at SoftBank Robotics America, and Michael Case, General Manager at the Marriott Denver Tech Center, to discuss the increased role of robotic and automation technology in hospitality. Hi, this is Dennis Nessler, Editor-in-Chief of Lodging Magazine. Welcome to today's podcast on technology, specifically on uh, robotics. Uh, today we have Cass Dawson, VP Brand Strategy and Marketing for SoftBank Robotics America. And we have Mike Case, General Manager from the Marriott Denver Tech Center. Cass, Mike, welcome. Dennis, it's great to, to be here. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Um, Cass, why don't you start out, talk a little bit about um, collaborative robotics or or cobotics, as you uh, refer to it, and, and kind of what that means. Uh, thank you for the question. And again, thank you for having us here. Uh, it's a pleasure to talk about what it is we do on a day-to-day basis and take a step back and and sing the praises of, of what automation is, what cobotics is, and what we're bringing to the marketplace. At SoftBank, we have this, um, you know, we, we take robotics very seriously and have for a long time. And we believe wholeheartedly in what robots and automation can do for humanity in terms of uh, working alongside folks, um, lightening up some of the load, taking off some of those repetitive tasks and allowing people to focus on more important things or tasks in their daily lives. We call it cobotics because uh, what we've seen, uh, robots aren't really here to replace a human being. Uh, They're not here to take over any person's job. They're here to manage a task. And through that task management, they allow a transformation of work because the humans don't have to do the tasks they used to do. Some of that mundane or menial task, which in some instances makes jobs less enjoyable. Um, and and in so doing, they free up, uh, you know, they work alongside the humans to free up some time and space to do more important stuff. Again, transforming the way uh, work is done and what can be done. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Great. Uh, Mike, uh, you, you've you deployed uh, what we once referred to as Wiz, I guess, um, uh, at your property. Why don't you talk a little bit about what uh, the experience has been and, and uh, how that's gone? Yeah, well, thank you for the opportunity to have me today. Um, you know, just like Cass said, it, it's, it, the vacuuming side of it, especially when you have the sort of space we have, with, you know, really long hallways and uh, a lot of meeting space and things like that, that takes a human a, a good amount of time and it's not the most glamorous or the most uh, productive job. So what the machines have done is really allowed us to do those at, at different times. So for instance, instead of having a person at, you know, after an event at one o'clock in the morning, um, vacuuming until two thirty, three 3 o'clock, uh, we, we have the machine doing that. Um, and the machine does a fantastic job. It's sort of like the the, the Roomba, when you first start that in your house, it picks up a lot of stuff. You sort of look at it and go, geez, I don't think we've been doing our job very well. But um, but after those first initial times, uh, we're able to do spaces now that we didn't really do that often. Um, we're doing spaces, hallways, for instance, once a week. We were hardly getting to that with a person. So um, I think that, that two sides happen. We're not getting as much of the, the dust and those kind of things. Uh, we're getting it done more often uh, in that space, and we're getting it done. It's much more productive uh, than having a person do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and how, what has the guest feedback been like? What's the guest reaction been to it? You know, we named our robots. Uh, we have uh, Dusty Beaver and uh, 
See, I can't remember what the other one's called, but yeah, they, named, they have name tags on them. And the guests really liked it. You know, just the other day, um, we were doing one of our public spaces and uh, adults were out there taking pictures of the thing. Um, so they really enjoy it. And the, and the robots themselves, you know, they're great. They run into something in, in the sense of something's in their way that they need to stop. It texts us. It flashes a red light. It doesn't make an obnoxious noise, but it flashes the red light so we can see that it stopped and moved on from there. Um, but everybody, it's very user friendly. People really have enjoyed it. Yeah, Dustin Bieber, Cass, what was the other name? Taylor Swiffer. Taylor. Oh, is that what Taylor? That's right. Taylor Swiffer. You know very better good. than I Oh, I'm sure that helps. Well, that 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 speaks to um, you know we've we've talked in prepping for this about some of the key elements at SoftBank. We we pride ourselves on on differentiating the service model and providing a, a handholding, if you will, or a white glove service to our clients to ensure that that adoption of robotics is seamless. Um, there's a lot of elements to it that that need to be taken into. Uh, you have to take it into consideration. Um, a lot of it is, you know, what what does this mean? What is a robot? How do I treat a robot, et cetera? So we have services to to help handle that. There's data being provided to to show the reporting on what was done, what wasn't done. And our teams are constantly looking at that data to be able to help locations like, like uh, the Denver Tech Center uh, Marriott um, think about how to better optimize and, and how to understand what's going on or what isn't going on. Hey guys, you know, we've noticed that for the past couple of days, you haven't been running Wiz or Wiz seems to be running a whole lot more than it was the previous week. What's going on? And it's that hands-on approach. Uh, I like to consider as we're like the wizard of Oz, uh, behind the curtain, helping to, to manage. And it, it goes back to that cobotic nature. Cobotics isn't just the robot working alongside the employees, we're very cobotic in terms of our employees working behind, uh, aside beside the the robots um, in in the background as well. Uh, so I think that's important to you know the improved uh, you know Mike talked about improved um, quality of their operation. Um, all of those things are the the workplace or workflow transformation we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. um, this industry is very much about uh, ROI, uh, return on investment for owners, obviously. Um, Either one of you guys uh, could jump in on this, but uh, just let's talk a little bit about ROI on this on this uh, service or, or product, and and uh, you know how that can be enhanced. Well, I, th I think that uh, the obvious is that you know we're getting so much spaces done that from a from a man hours perspective, uh, it doesn't cost us near what it would cost us. I haven't done the math in front of me, but. Uh, I think that, you know, if, if we did the math, as, as Cass pointed out, that robot has a counter on it and how long it's been doing its, its job. So we could do the math on that. I will bet you that the savings is, is you know, substantial, certainly from, a, from an hour's perspective. The other side is sort of what I mentioned and, and the ROI on it being that while we like to say we're getting you know, we're getting the vacuuming done. We're getting all those things done. Uh, the reality is that I will bet you we're doing it three to four times more now than we would have normal. And, and I say that from 25 years of doing it without a robot assistant. And uh, the spaces are cleaner. The spaces are better. Even, you know, we get into December and January, the first last two weeks of December, early January, 
and we run our our big um, cleaners, our big uh, carpet cleaners, and even that was so much cleaner than what it was typically than I've ever seen. Um, so I think those two things, there's certainly a financial return on the investment. And then there's absolutely a, a guest service, guest satisfaction uh, differentiator there that, that this would provide. Absolutely. Uh, just to, to add to Mike's points, we, we like to think of ROI um, in, in terms of, you know, is there revenue being generated as a result of the deployment? Is there profitability? What does that look like? Obviously, we're focused on increased productivity and the impact that that may have on profitability or, or revenue. Um, Mike talked about the optimized operations, the fact that things can be run late at night when humans don't want to do it, or the fact that it's doing it more and better than what was being done before. Um, that That's improved quality. And then there's the, the brand impact. Um, ultimately, when you think about robots, and Mike touched upon this, you're paying a set price for a robot over a period of time. And that set price is not going to fluctuate uh, or increase or go up over time over if you say you lock it in for a five-year period. Uh, in that same five-year period, think about what the, the cost of vacuuming may go up based on wages, salaries, uh, you know, the hourly rate wage of somebody vacuuming um, is is substantially more and continues to go up than if you're running the robot regularly. The more you run it and we look to do, you know, uh, three hours a day, five days a week or six hours a day, five days a week, depending on what your hourly wage typically is to really push that below um, what the typical cost for human services in that time would be. And that's how we help uh, our clients really get to understanding the ROI, all of those things. The intangible piece, you know, we've seen some clients in the hospitality space, they've got guest reviews, talk about the robots, talk about how cool the experience is. Mike talked about people taking videos. I've seen people racing the robot down, the, allowing their kids to race the robot, taking pictures, videos, et cetera. That stuff makes it onto social media and they rate uh, you know, uh, TripAdvisor or some of those things we've seen clients or excuse me, guests talk about, they're definitely going to go back or how incredible it was to see this. And so that impact of it, although not as cleanly measurable, certainly has a, an ROI. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mike, what were some of your concerns uh, with deploying this and, and um, some of the, the challenges maybe that you you guys saw and, and, and have they uh, been worked through or worked out? Yeah, I, you know, I think that uh, I understood uh, codes and mapping uh, somewhat. I didn't know how effective it would be. Um, and so really there were three things I worried about. The first was, was does the thing get lost? How can it figure this whole thing out? So, uh, using the codes that it uses, the, the, we always start in the same place, it always ends in the same place. So that's worked out really well. That has, hasn't been zero concern. The second was the bag size or the, the vessel size of could it really handle 11,000 or 12,000 or whatever, whichever room we're doing, square feet of, of carpet, could it really do that? Or, or you know, does the thing do half the room at two o'clock in the morning and then we get there at six and we have to change it and it has to finish the room. Um, and the, the size of the vessel that holds it in, uh, not a problem at all. We don't have any problems with, with that. I guess it was for battery life um, was, it, was a concern. Could it 
do all this, or again, we only do half the job, and then you know we got to have somebody there at three o'clock to change the battery. Not a problem at all, at least in the spaces that we do and the way that we have set up. Um, and then the last problem was probably just the general, you know, we're off doing something else, and this thing stops. Do we have to be walking back every you know half hour to make sure it's working? And the way that it alerts, I think Dennis, I mentioned that to you earlier. The way that it it alerts, it sends a, a text out, it also flashes. So you can either see or you're the one getting the text that says, hey, this thing has stopped for whatever reason. Um, and then other potential problems, there aren't really any, but right off the bat, eh, last, first couple of months, we found that we weren't cleaning it effectively um, and it needs to be cleaned effectively. Now, the reality of that is it's a, we, have, we have a guy that does it. It's a 10-minute job. He does it once a week. So it's 10 minutes on each machine. So it's not, it's not prohibitive by any means. And it doesn't take an hour. It doesn't have to go up to the engineering shop or all that to do it. It's very easy to take apart. And, and the, the folks at SoftBank were great about diagnosing that. Why are we having this problem? Which, again, wasn't a major problem. But why are we having potential issues? And what can we do about it? showed us how to do it, videoed it with us on how to do it. And our guy, Mario, um, does it and absolutely fantastic. We have no issues. We stay on top of that every week. He does it, works just fine. So um, been great with that. Probably the only other potential problem was the QR codes. I don't have a QR code, the codes that are on the wall where we start that I mentioned that map it. Um, those, for whatever reason, guests have taken them or They've been knocked down or what have you. So uh, SoftBank, again, came up with a solution where we can just print new ones if we need them. doesn't happen that often, but we can print new ones. We have all 40 of them, whatever they are, um, and we can just put them into place. So, I mean, this, this has been, honestly, turnkey, very simple for us. Um, simplest uh, deployment that I've ever done with a new technology type scenario. Mm -hmm. I love, Cass, love to hear that. Great. Yeah, Cass, can you elaborate a little bit on, on the support that you guys are able to provide? Obviously, um, there's going to be a, a little bit of a learning curve on, on behalf of, of some of these properties. Uh, and how are you guys able to, to step in and help support that? So we, we uh, as again, in reference to our white glove services, which is starts from pre-sale and understanding what the property looks like, doing an assessment of the of the property to figure out where uh, and how much square footage and what are some of the better routes to be run, uh, how many robots would they need for that location, uh, all the way through deployment, we send a team out to walk through it um, to, you know, the weekly, if not biweekly or weekly reporting on how it's performing, conversations with the client on a regular basis. Um, all of these things are, are based on experience and, and continue to evolve as we learn more. And, and we take the learnings and apply that to the properties where that makes the most sense. I think, you know, Mike hit on some of the challenges uh, with maintenance of the, of, the, of the robot. To be clear, Wiz is a robot, not a vacuum cleaner. It is a robot that does vacuuming. And unfortunately, a lot of folks think, well, it's a vacuum cleaner, so we'll treat it like a vacuum cleaner. We'll just throw it in the closet when it's done. But I, I, we like to say it's a piece of technology. You wouldn't throw your phone or your laptop in the closet when you're done using it. You take care of it. You wipe the screen. You you know you you dust it off. You make sure that it is in tip top condition to to run. 
consistently. And so we have processes, we put together charts that can go on a wall. Uh, we've got videos that we share with teams and we constantly make sure that uh, everything we know is shared with our clients. And then it becomes a cycle. They share with us new things and we're constantly learning. Uh, you know, the robot has been in the market for three and a half, four years now, but we're still learning things about it in new environments. Uh, in properties where they do allow pets, we realize that the bag fills a little bit quicker because of pet hair. And th there's a, a lot of nuance and, and the team works hand in hand with the client to understand what some of those issues may be. And we troubleshoot with them and figure it out as quickly as possible. And again, that's the the, the differentiator for us. It's not just you know, here's a robot, good luck. And we'll like see the reporting and send you a dashboard, you know, that you can log into and try to figure out on your own. We want to make sure that that team is experiencing success. We work with them to establish the KPIs uh, or what does performance look like going into it. And we make sure the robot hits that. And we make sure that, you know, we, we, we deliver because we want it to be successful so that this it, it does well for robotics overall, right? Yeah. Like rising tides, et cetera. Um, we want to make sure, you know, we see success when our clients see success and we want to, you know, that's proper adoption. And we've seen as we prep to bring new robots into the marketplace, that this model is going to be the way that we expand. If we have a, a, a fan in one of our products, we believe that that person is now a fan of robots and will be more open to exploring other solutions, be they ours or competitors. And that's what we want to do. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And I was going to ask, I mean, Mike's in a very, uh, you know, I guess a tech savvy kind of part of the universe there. Uh, how, how has uh, the idea been met with throughout the country? And are you guys seeing more interest and, and uh, you know, a little bit... Uh, more um, people being a little more uh, willing to consider it? So I, I think there's two things. Uh, we launched right before the pandemic, which, you know, gift and curse, uh, when everything became touchless, but people stopped going outside of their house for six months, uh, it became a little bit of a challenge. But again, cleaning, touchless, contactless, et cetera, robots and automation started playing a bigger role. People started listening more to that. On top of that, you build the labor shortage issue, which we've been experiencing. And in cleaning, that's been an issue for a long time, whether that be turnover. It's not just labor shortage or pandemic related. Uh, turnover has been an issue, keeping staff, et cetera. Um, and so all of these things having hit, it, it, people are more open to it. I, an example, I went to, when we launched um, with at the cleaning show, uh, ISSA in 2019, Everyone was kind of skeptical. You know, it, it's a robot. What can it do? How much can it run? What is it going to cost me? And is it replacing jobs? What's the ROI? Um, we went back for the first time this past year, so three years later, and the narrative was completely different. You know, everyone was like, what's next? What else can it do? And the, the questions were just more about operations of it and how quickly can they get it as opposed to questioning it or doubting it. And I think that's, you know, not just a, you know, mics of the world and, and the tech centers, uh, but more folks are starting to appreciate that. And we're, we're seeing success in, in hospitals, we're seeing success in elderly care, uh, in, in schools, et cetera, anywhere where, where things need to be cleaned. And as Mike said, that operation can be improved to free up staff to do more things. There's a, an understanding or appreciation to test this out. Mm -hmm. Um, you mentioned what's next. And, uh, you know, as we close the, the podcast out, I just 
wanted to get maybe some final thoughts from each of you, uh, 30 seconds to a minute on kind of what you see down the line uh, in terms of robotics. Uh, Mike, you want to start? Yeah, I think the latest is that that robot uh, server, the robot um, room service, all the delivery kind of thing, that would go hand in hand with this. Now, we've messed around with it a little bit. It's not quite there yet um, to handle the volume, and it can't think in the sense of it, it knows where it needs to go and those things. So I, I haven't gone far enough to the um, to, to the going into rooms and things yet. So I think that improving on that. And then what I showed you earlier, that security robot, uh, that's in a business uh, park here. And I think there's opportunities with that as well. So again, these jobs that a camera and, and, and you know just a straight delivery, I just need to get it from A to B. Do I need a human to do that? So that's an opportunity. And I think that'll move forward as we as we keep moving through. Great, Cass. So we we continue to explore um, solutions that alleviate that that single task. I think a lot of people continue to think robots are going to take over the world or take over jobs or whatever. We try to find whether we created ourselves or partner with a robotics company out there that has developed what we believe to be the best things that do one thing. Is it a vacuum cleaner? Is it a scrubber? Is it a combo of the two or three? Um, and so th those task-related robots, um, the the restaurant piece or delivery, um, whether that be two room or within a dining area, is something that we've we, we're also exploring. We announced that um, a couple of months ago. We've got that in the works. Um, it, it's more for the dining area than it is to deliver to rooms, but I know that that is being studied as well and trying to solve for the, the room delivery. And then there's outdoor. What does this all mean? And, and what does you know landscaping or, or some of those other things look like? So we're constantly trying to figure out um, you know, what does, what does those, how do we alleviate some of those tasks and, and make people's jobs a little bit easier? Um, and, and the power of SoftBank as a global brand and the things that are being invested in and explored allows us to really handpick you know, what we believe to be the next solution. Great. Well, I want to thank you guys for your time this morning. And uh, it's been very interesting. I think our readers are going to, or our audience, I should say, is going to find it very interesting uh, what's, what's kind of uh, on the horizon for the industry. So thank you very much. Uh, thank you. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Appreciate you. it. You guys take care. You as well. Thank you for listening to Lodging On Demand. If you want more content like this, subscribe to Lodging Magazine on YouTube. You can also subscribe to Lodging On Demand wherever you get your podcasts. For news and updates, follow at Lodging Magazine on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Or visit us at lodgingmagazine.com.